Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. And if you're watching the video blog, welcome to the next edition of When Life Happens. <laughs> What happens to our practices when stuff hits the fan? And I'm joined today by Dr. Erica Martinez, psychologist in Miami. Welcome. Thank you so much. And what are we talking about today? (laughs) Disasters. Natural disasters. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Full disclosure, Erica and I have worked together and we were actually working together. She's in our mastermind during her natural disaster. Yeah. So we got to see firsthand the experience <laughs> of going through it. Why don't you share a little bit about your practice first? Sure. So I'm a psychologist here in Miami, Florida. My practice is focused on working with young adults and young professionals, basically millennials, that are struggling with what we call emerging adulthood, but what they would probably call quarter-life crises. Mm-hmm. Um, that's expanded a little bit to also include entrepreneurs that are struggling with anxiety and stress um, and, and basically things like attachment disorders and childhood emotional neglect um, seems to be like the, the majority of my practice. Mm-hmm. And you also have other clinicians and doing other things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I recently expanded to a group practice and um, that's bringing a different facet to, to the office. Um, she definitely works with uh, a totally different set of issues than I do. So she's very much CBT oriented. She works with obsessive compulsive disorders and social anxiety disorder. The reason I bring up the group practice thing is to just kind of speak to your own resilience and coming out of this natural disaster <laughs> and how you continue to, um, to grow and yeah. yeah, navigate all of that. So why don't you take us through a little timeline? How long have you been in practice? I started the practice in earnest, like brick and mortar, in 2015. Mm-hmm. I set up my own office. I was working as an independent contractor out of a larger group practice before that, um, for a couple of years before that. So in earnest, brick and mortar with a space of my own since 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us how it all came down, the hurricane. <laughs> so we had, um, so our hurricane season actually just started on the 1st of June, and it runs through November 30th. And last year in 2017, um, like, like most late August, early September, we get the worst of the season, right? Like those are the worst storms. And we, we had this Hurricane Irma barreling through to us and she was a category five storm and a lot of people in the city had decided to evacuate because Miami's on the southeast tip of the Florida peninsula so we were expecting storm surge for several miles inland Mm. and um so you know early September everybody's like leaving you know getting out of dodge (laughs) and uh 
you know, I decided to stay. I, I had the practice. I wanted to make sure that you know, everything was safe with the office. My house was certainly safe. Um, we're far enough inland that just based on the storm surge maps, it didn't look like even if we had it, a, a category five, it wasn't going to get that bad. Um, and so we were, we got really, really lucky when the storm started coming on shore in the sense that it had downgraded significantly to a category three. Um, and even though that sounds still pretty severe, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, category threes for a Floridian is just like, okay, there's a storm coming, like no big deal. Um, and so we didn't expect that a category three would do as much damage as this particular storm did in terms of like the wind gusts and the tornadoes that it brought with it. Mm. Um, so, you know, once the storm passed and, and it was a long storm, probably, probably the longest storm that I've ever experienced in that normally storms are over in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. You know, this storm felt like it, it took a, like a day and a half. It, it felt really long for the storm to pass over us because it was really slow moving. Mm -hmm. But once everything cleared and we were able to get out of the house, I came over to the office. Um, this is pretty close to my home. And I could stand in my office my, where I do therapy and I could see the sky because <laughs> there was um, a chunk of roof that had been battered so badly that uh, you, you could see the sky. And I have this kind of popcorn tile ceiling mm -hmm. um, and all of those have caved in. Yeah. The, um, Haven't you just like done something to the office? I feel like wasn't, didn't you get a new sofa or no? Well, at the time, and I can probably send you some before and after pictures and you can probably put them on the blog. Um, but at the time, no, the office had just been finished. Like I had just finished decorating, done right. the last little bits. Yeah. Um, because I had recently acquired an addition to the office space, a second space. Yeah. Um, so the, finally the office was done. I was done decorating. And then the storm hits in early September. And so what winds up happening is that all the furniture in my office where I do therapy, which is this room that you see around me, was ruined everything yeah. was ruined the ceiling tiles when they collapsed they were soaked up with water and so that had fallen <sighs> onto the onto my chair it had fallen onto my desk it had fallen onto the sofa where clients sit and since it was such a slow moving storm it was in the heat and in the humidity and wet for a day and a half two days you know <sighs> so it smelled disgusting in here. <laughs> the walls, you could touch the walls and the sheetrock, you could feel it kind of indent a little bit. So we had, to have, we had to have inspectors come in here, test for mold. Like we had to do all of these things um, to just get the place back up and, and functional. Um, we also were without power and electricity for about a week, I would say. Mm -hmm. about and change yeah. um and even then when the power did come back um it came back to half of the office and that's the other <laughs> half of the office um so it was just all kinds of challenges when the power came back the surge that came on um damaged 
the AC unit. So mm-hmm. even though we had power back, we didn't have AC. Mm. <laughs> and so um, it was really hot in here. And some clients were really distressed and I had to do therapy. <laughs> so how did you, well, let me ask, how did you do that? I mean, if your office is destroyed and smelling and maybe possibly molding, what did you do? So the lucky thing was that, like I said, I had recently acquired that second part to the office, mm-hmm. second space, and that my other clinician uh, was using. And so what we did is that we got together, we figured out our schedules so that we could both service clients out of that one office space. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, that office has a window. And we, were, we would open the window mm-hmm. so that would have some ventilation in there while we had no AC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that room did not get as much water damage. The ceilings did not cave in on it. Um, so the furniture and everything was uh, intact and, and we, and it was usable, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, you know, the scheduling was tricky, but we were able to make it work. Um, and I did that probably for about a month. And how were um, the clients reaction to it? Um, you know what? They were lovely. They were so understanding and so gracious. They were just happy that I was open for business and that I was able to help them because they themselves were really distressed. Something nobody tells you in these storms is, is the component where everybody's cooped up at home in, in between four walls with family and so that triggers the heck out of people. Mm-hmm. People get imagine going home for the holidays with if you dread that, um, and being cooped up sometimes even within the same four walls because if there's a tornado coming through, yeah. if there's storm damage, you have to be all in this small enclosed windowless space. So everybody's nerves are like raw mm-hmm. from grading against other people even if you normally get along with them like it's a long time to be cooped up with people and so a lot of clients um you know they had hard arguments and they had family stuff come up and they were very activated during that time so they were really happy (laughs) that I was around and able to to help um just kind of manage all the emotions that came out of that and then of course people who had damage you know dealing with loss you know there's a lot of grief work that comes with working after a natural disaster. Can you speak a little bit though to, I'm sorry, you cut out. Oh, can you speak a little bit to the shared grief? I mean, you guys are going through the same experience. You've had some loss as well. Um, What was that like? You know, it was, it was hard. I would say because you you're you're definitely trying to hold space for this client and this client's experience be and then be present and dual process your own stuff that is coming up right mm-hmm. and so my th- my my goal was always to make sure that I was if I was sharing anything of my experience was it was always in service of the client and mm-hmm. facilitating for the client. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't easy because I was also grieving. You know, I, I remember walking into the office and seeing mm-hmm. the ceiling tiles just 
collapsed all over. I could see straight to the roof and, and I could see the sky in some places. And I just cried. Mm -hmm. I remember just crying and being just, I felt like I got hit by a truck mm -hmm. is really what it felt like in that moment. So it was painful, you know, and it was painful for the clients too to not walk into their space. Like one of the things that they really struggled with adjusting was even though it's one wall away, that uh, that was another space. Mm -hmm. That was a foreign world for them mm -hmm. because this was their space. This is where we did our work. So to be in a totally different environment, to be able to process that, I think it threw them off. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't throw me off as much because I was familiar with the space. I, but it was just interesting to see how just being one room away, um, it kind of threw some clients off. Yeah. Some of them in a way, in a good way, because it kind of shook them up and it was, it facilitated the therapy. And then for others, um, it was, it was difficult. It was a struggle. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take you to get it all cleaned up? So the storm was in early September, getting it all cleaned up. And that's the, and that's the other thing people don't tell you, you can't just clean it up, right? Like I have a landlord, I have the building owner. I had to wait and leave things as they were. I couldn't clean. I had to leave it as it was, wait for them to come in, take pictures, right? Mm -hmm. For insurance purposes. Mm -hmm. So that, that couch, I could have probably salvaged it, but I couldn't touch it because mm. it was part of the claim for the insurance. So that made that moldy, musky smell even worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so there's a lot of stuff that people don't realize. Like I, we, we, you can't just go in and clean. You have to let the insurance people come in um, take pictures. You have to kind of do a lot of back and forth with your landlord and, and the building manager and whoever it is that you're working with um, to make sure you're doing the right things so that you don't jeopardize their claim. And then, you know, the landlord's ability to facilitate renovations and improvements for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so once they, you had your own insurance. I did. Body. Yeah, I did. So interesting thing about that, um, like with all insurance policies, you have deductibles, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my case, given the nature of, of the property of mine that was damaged, um, it didn't cover the deductible, mm. right? Like I had, I think I had like a thousand dollar deductible or something like that. But the couch, when I added up all the receipts, and that's the other thing, I kept all my receipts for all the furniture and all that stuff. Um, and thankfully I did. Uh, but it didn't amount to enough to meet the deductible. So I couldn't claim it on my policy. So if there's something that I learned from that experience is um, I decided to pay a little bit more upfront on my premium in order to be able to reduce my deductible so that should this happen in the future, mm -hmm. I have a lower deductible. And I'm much more likely to get any damages met. Mm -hmm. I remember when this happened and I thought, oh, I don't know if she's going to be able to stay in that office. I mean, I remember pictures and you posted video and I was like, I don't think this is going to work, but they were able to get it cleaned up. Yeah. So it dried it, out. It dried out. So in that week where no one in the city had any, any um, electricity and all the crews were coming in from out of town uh, to help us get back on online, so to speak. 
the uh, what I what I kept doing was I would come to the office first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. I would open all the windows to ventilate the office, um, and that helped address the the sheetrock mm. um, and, and the and, and the issue of humidity in there. So I think that's why I was able to not have as much. Um, demolition and reconstruction and that sort of thing. And I was able to stay in the office is that every day I would come in, I would open the windows. Uh, I would then come back in the late afternoon as the sun was going down and I would close everything back up. Bright eyed and bushy tailed the next morning, same thing, you know, for that whole week. And that allowed enough circulation to thankfully uh, dry off enough of the humidity that where it wasn't an issue. And we've had inspectors come in at different time intervals um, to, to test the sheetrock mm -hmm. and, and we haven't had a mold issue and it's, it'll be about a year soon. So we're good. I remember also, I mean, you are tenacious and very determined and you, we had a, uh, we had a group coaching call. And you were flipping back and forth from your phone and I think an iPad and you'd have to put the phone in the freezer to cool it off because everything was overheating. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Yeah, <laughs> so we were on a call, kind of like just like what we're doing right now. And yeah, you're right. I was I was switching between an iPad and my phone um, to be able to make it to that call, and because I needed to maintain some sense of normalcy yes. and and routine and structure in my life. Like this storm was not going to get the better of me. Um, so yeah, but it was so hot inside my house yeah. that I needed to, I needed to put the devices into the refrigerator, which was running on a, on a generator. Uh, I needed to put it in the ice box to cool off and then switch between the two so that I could be part of the call. So, yeah. But, and I, the reason I bring it up is because I think for you, you knew you needed support. Like, Yes, you had the share experience with your clients and things, but you just needed a place where you could fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I needed to fall apart. I cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot because I mean, this is my bread and butter. This is this is how I make a living. This is how I pay bills and, and you know, that's true for, for so many of us. And to see it not be habitable and not functional and not be able to do that. And, and then my responsibility that I feel with and for my clients and, and the work that we do and being able to even do that and support them through their struggle. Like it was, yeah, I just needed to fall apart. 
you know, I needed space to do that. And then you need, you know, I needed somebody that would understand. And we had another cat member in the mastermind that had just gone through Harvey oh. in Houston. It was a rough month. It was a rough end of summer last year. So to have that experience with you guys and you guys had access to information that we, we didn't necessarily have access to because our, our lines were down. Yeah. So just to be able to connect with you guys and, and because you were outside of the situation, yeah, you could give up me perspective, like try this, do this. It, it helped me brainstorm solutions that I, I didn't necessarily have the presence of mind. Like I was right. not in the right headspace to, to probably come up with some of the stuff that you guys helped me come up with that day. Yeah. That was a, Lots of hurricanes and lots of people we knew being really impacted. And yeah. after that, we added the whole safe, we added safety planning and natural disaster planning to boot camp. Yeah. And you basically wrote up that module more or less. <laughs> I remember I was like, Kelly, let me just write everything that I did. Yeah. Let me send that to you. Um, yeah, that's where that came from. It came from that email that I sent you. I mean, some of the things already we've talked about is having the insurance, taking pictures of currently all of you listening, get yes. your iPhone out, having just evacuated myself over the holidays because of fires, you go around and you take pictures of all possessions and, um, you know, taking the pictures and then, you know, having some sort of uh, insurance what else did you, oh, having your receipts from your purchases. What were some other tips you think would be helpful for people listening? Um, you know, one of the things that most insurances will require, like you can take a picture of your desk and there's obviously a computer or a laptop or what have you. One of the things that they also require so that you can maximize what you, what you get back for any damage is that take pictures. If you don't have the receipts, take pictures like a zoom in of the, um, of the brand or of the model number of the serial number. Most devices have some sort of a, like a serial barcode mm -hmm. thing in the back. Yeah. So taking pictures of that really helps because it helps the insurance adjuster um, establish uh, the worth of the items that were lost. Mm -hmm. And um, so that helped um, something I hadn't thought about and at the last minute realized right right literally hours before the hurricane hit was diplomas like we we forget our diplomas that are on the wall because they're in picture frames and they're pictures but i remember thinking oh my god if something happens to this diploma and my license so um i pulled all the frames off from the walls with my diplomas and my license and I put, and I double bagged it into these big black trash bags. Um, and so I remember doing that, uh, videoing. So I, would, I videoed instead of pictures, I videoed the whole office mm -hmm. uh, and I would zoom into the, to the brands and, and that stuff. Um, because I do testing, there's a lot of stuff that I, it, it's very difficult and tedious to keep on an electronic health record because of the testing protocols and what have you. Um, so I do still have client files for the protocols. So those, um, you know, making sure that those are in a waterproof, you know, fireproof 
because we, we could have a fire after a hurricane mm -hmm. um, because of down power lines and what have you. Um, making sure that they're in a safe place so that they don't get damaged. Um, what else? So yeah, just lots of documenting. Also a, a plan with your, with your clients. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I, I'd had before and that was already in my informed consent, but running through that with my clients, like, okay, we have this storm coming, we're gonna be canceling. How do you go about making the decision to cancel sessions due to severe or inclement weather? Um, that's in my informed consent. And, and because of the storm, I was able to go through it, execute it, and, and, and now I was able to iron out the kinks on the back end. You know? So um, definitely having some sort of a policy. And for me, I follow the policy of the, of the local school district. You know, whatever they're, mm -hmm. they're doing to safeguard students is what I do to mm -hmm. safeguard my clients. I so. love that idea. Yeah. 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 Well, how long after would you say before things felt normal? I'm doing air quotes <laughs> again. <laughs> um, before they felt normal, I think... I think it didn't feel normal until probably about a month, month and a half later. I would say that by Halloween, I would say, yeah, like about Halloween, things felt normal, but I didn't even have time to think of normal. I think I was, I, I have to also say that I was overwhelmed by an influx of new clients and an upturn in business at the same time that I'm going through repairing the office and repainting and remodeling and buying new furniture. Um, I was getting calls left and right. Like I couldn't field as many calls as I was getting. Um, so my business increased significantly while I was trying to manage just getting the place back in order. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, it was a whirlwind. I would say the last quarter of 2017 was just, it was, I was in a daze. I think. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember for uh, another person who was in Harvey, it actually took, it actually was slower simply because access was so hard. Roads were not accessible for a long time. Houses right. were abandoned for right in the, her office was right around where things were just yeah. decimated. So I think, um, yeah, so, it, it depends yeah. on the level, right, of the of of accessibility the in terms of how so, well the city can function through. Right, right. So for, for us here in Miami, we expected that direct hit. The storm was supposed to kind yeah. of, you know, goes like this and cut a slice through the peninsula and instead what it did is that it shifted south and then turned up so it mm -hmm. hit the it hit the southwest coast of florida instead of us in the southeast and so we were able to get back online much faster whereas um houston Houston got a direct hit from a massive storm and so yeah it it did take them a much longer time yeah. to to get back online because access was significantly impaired. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say the city took about a good, just in terms of like the vibe here, it, mm -hmm. it did take a few weeks mm -hmm. uh, for even for people to come in because everybody left, right? Yeah. Like this place was a ghost town and 
it took, and they weren't letting people come down. Mm. There, there were roadblocks to all the major highways um, let before they allowed people back into Miami. So people couldn't get into their, into the, into the city for at least a few days mm -hmm. uh, while we were here without any electricity. And then finally it slowly started letting people trickle in. Um, and it was, it was at least two to three weeks before they let anybody all the way down South into the keys. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was significant. So it took about a month for everything to feel mm -hmm. like, okay, we're back to being normal. We're back to normalcy. And then people needed more support and reached out. Yeah. Yeah, people started reaching out like crazy. I'm and that's so glad you're okay. And I'm, glad. <laughs> I'm glad I'm okay too. But you know what? It, there's a silver lining, I feel, to it. Like there were things that when I set up the business and I set up the office initially, um, I kind of just threw things together. And in that sense, it was really incongruent to me and who I am as a clinician mm -hmm. and how I want to be present in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so this hurricane, once I cried my tears, um, it really allowed me an opportunity to, to look around and say, this isn't me. Like, this doesn't look or feel like me. This space doesn't, isn't mm -hmm. congruent with what, with the work I'm doing and with who I am. And so um, what you see around me is me bringing me into this space, um, but also bringing my, my, my business's values and, and, and the brand into the office. So I was able to redecorate in a way that creates a lot of congruency from the marketing materials anybody would see online um, to the moment they walk into my office. Mm -hmm. There's a certain consistency and congruency that people feel that according to them, what they reflected to me is that they feel at ease. Like they know that what they see is what they're going to get. Mm -hmm. and, and that's very much who I am as a person. And as a therapist, what you see is what you get. And so that makes me really proud. I, rem I remember watching you go through that process too. And just, and it brought a lot of joy to you. I remember like, you would show us the video of the office and be like, I got this for this reason. Like everything was, it did. It slowed you down and allowed you to rethink. And, and be really deliberate. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it here around me. Like mm -hmm. Everything is here for, for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing extra. There's nothing, um, that hasn't thought and intention hasn't has always gone into everything that's get that gets brought into the space mm -hmm. and that's who I am and that's how I am mm -hmm. and, and that's part of what I try to teach my clients so I, I better walk the walk <laughs> <laughs> amen <laughs> yeah. well thank you for sharing your story I I really wanted to talk about this issue because so often we think it's not going to happen to me, but just in boot camp alone, we've had five fires, uh, several hurricanes, <laughs> and people in the past who have been through some um, serious earthquakes yeah. um, and uh, floods, and it, 
You think it's not going to? Huh? Snowstorms. Oh my gosh, yes. So I, while we hope it doesn't happen to us, preparing is important. Having people to support you through it who are not going through it as well is important, I think. And um, you shared a lot of lessons for everyone. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. If you guys have questions, feel free to email or post on the blog. Um, check out Erica. What's your website? So the website is uh, www.envisionwellness.co. Mm -hmm. And all my social media and things are, that's pretty much my hub. So you can find me on social media through there. Sweet. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.